I uh, wanted to share um, a little snapshot from my prayer life lately, and uh, I wonder how you will, uh, how this will hit you all, if it feels familiar or similar to any of you. Uh, the other morning I woke up, I, I try to get up before everybody else in my house is up, and I like to make coffee and sit in the same chair in my living room and drink that coffee and uh, just try to ch- collect my thoughts and my feelings, and I pray. Um, and I'll try various things, different practices that I've learned over the years. Um, some of the things that we do here in services when when we're leading uh, people in guided prayers, I'll do some of those. Uh, this was one of those mornings, though, where it just, like— my mind was flooded and I could not possibly collect everything to pray. It just was not working. Um, I honestly was thinking about all of the news that's coming out of the January 6th commission uh, in, you know, not in like a hopeful way, not in like a, maybe this will be accountability uh, way, but in like a cynical, like is everything meaningless kind of way. Uh, And that's just, I think that's like obviously having something to do with this being July 4th weekend. And I'm thinking about our country and my relationship to our country. And, uh, and so all of that is flying around in my head. Uh, I felt like I was like carrying in my shoulders, all of the tension of every angry and exhausted and hurt social media post that I've come across in response to Roe v. Wade being overturned. I, 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 all of my feelings and thoughts then like sort of like set to the side. And then what I found myself thinking about is two friends of mine that are in these new scary situations and, and they're good, but they're, they're, they're scary. They're necessary. And I know that they're scared. And I started to think like, oh my gosh, I should, I should really uh, help them in this or that way. I should really, uh, I should really send that person a message. I should really uh, make sure that they're okay. And that there's anything that I can do for them. And I realized that a friend has given me the phrase, uh, I was shooting all over myself. And, uh, I, I, I I was suddenly like thinking about uh, other shoulds, you know, like qu- how quickly when you're thinking about one set of shoulds, another set of shoulds comes in, and I really was just should 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 shoulding all over my all over myself. I thought about it for a second in in that moment of prayer, and I was like, "Geez, how did I get from like angst about our country to I?" should like be a better dad <laughs> in like a matter of five minutes. I was like, I, th- this is, I'm trying to pray. And then my mind just goes all over those places. And I think the, the image in my head for what that felt like in this moment of prayer is like, God is a million miles away. And I'm just like releasing hundreds of balloons, hoping that God might like, I don't know, like get one of those balloons. I don't know what an answered prayer is in this image. It's kind of a weak image, but you know, like God pops the balloon and I I don't know, like that, but that, that was my image. God is a million miles away. And then because evidently like praying in this more open-ended way I was trying to do was not working for me. I, I was like, okay, I need help. And so I opened up a collection of uh, written prayers that I've compiled over the years. And I stumbled across two prayers that grabbed me and they are from the scriptures. And one is from the Psalms and it says, the earth is full of God's unfailing love. The earth is full of God's unfailing love. The earth is full of God's unfailing love. And then I came to this passage from St. Paul that's recorded in Acts 17, where Paul is speaking to a group of people and he says, God is not far away from any of us, for in God we live and move and have our being. 
The earth is full of God's unfailing love. God is not far away from any of us. For in God, we live and move and have our being. And the image just shifted for me in this prayer time. It, I, I, I was not thinking about God being a million miles away, high up in the sky, having to like catch my balloons or pop my balloons or whatever I was doing with all those balloons. It was, it, it totally shifted. God is right next to me. God is within me even. God is all around me in everything around me. And God is in the people and the circumstances I'm praying for. God is not distant or far away at all. And all of the pressure that I was feeling to like, I don't know, bridge the distance, all of that should energy that was in me just evaporated. And all of the question in my mind of like, why do I feel hopeless about my country? Why do I, I don't know, why do, why do I, why am I carrying all of this tension in my shoulders? The question of whether like God was present to those things or hearing those things also just evaporated. And I felt that it, clearly it is true that God is hearing those things. Clearly it is true that God is not far away from me. God is with me. God is not far away from any of us. God is in, in God, I live and move and have my being. And it, from that place, despite the fact that my prayer time this morning started with great churn in my mind, I felt myself move out of that prayer time, really able to tackle what was before me for that day. And so this is a snapshot. It's not like the only time prayer is like this for me. It's pretty, that's actually, I don't know, pretty representative of prayer for me. I wonder if that's representative of prayer for you. And the question that I want to like jump off there is where is God when you pray? Like when you imagine the picture, like my picture of God being a million miles away and I'm just like floating up balloons as if God is up there, that, what, what is the picture that you have in your mind? Probably better than balloons and God popping them because that's kind of a weak image. But I wonder what that image is for you because I do think that's important. Where do we imagine God in the picture when we are spending time praying? hopefully believing that that could do something for us and not just that it's like a, a ritual that we have to perform or otherwise we're a bad person. If there's anything to prayer, where is God when we pray? For me, in this time of prayer I'm telling you about, like my picture of where is God when I pray made all the difference because when God was a million miles away and I was just sending balloons up to God, it didn't, it was doing nothing for me. I was just kind of continuing the churn of what was going on in my head. It was not, it was not uh, bringing me into any peace. It was not moving me into any action. I was just, you know, stuck. But likewise, when that picture shifted into something that did feel more helpful, God is all around me. God is within the circumstances I'm already praying for. God is, is in God, I live and move and have my being. God is not far away. God, I stretch out my arm and God is here. I stretch out my arm and God is here. God is here right here in, in where I sit. God is there with those friends that I'm worried about and then I'm shooting all over myself to help. God is not far from any of us. That swift, sh uh, shifted everything for me. And the prayer then becomes something that dials me down rather than amps me up. It's something that moves me into readiness for my day rather than leaving me feeling kind of lost and unsure and despondent. So that all in mind, uh, I, I kind of want to like work that for a little bit, work this idea of like, where is God when we pray? And uh, I have three different uh, imaginations to throw your way, and I'm only going to recommend one of them, but I want to unpack three of them because I think that they might like represent, I don't know, where you live in your life from time to time. Uh, maybe they feel familiar to you. So I want to unpack them a little bit. 
And um, uh, well, uh, I'll, I'll mention here uh, and ask for questions. So if you are in Discord right now and you want to um, you want to participate in that way and you have like specific questions about this topic, what I'm trying to do and I think what we're going to try to do as uh, as BLC going going forward is uh, make more of an effort to like check our chat at the end of the service. Uh, and this was a little bit easier when we were doing things all uh, online. And so what we want to do is, is do this like from, from, from this time going forward uh, and making, making space to, to check our chat at the end and just kind of see like, is there any talk back? Are there any specific questions we want to address? So uh, I promise to do that uh, toward the end here. So if you have questions, uh, feel free to drop them in discord. And, and, uh, and if there's something that I think is especially evocative or that I feel like I have uh, uh, the ability to speak to, and I'm not just going to be talking out of my butt, uh, then I'll go for it. Uh, all right, so uh, let me give you my uh, these these three images uh, that I think uh, ways are it is common to imagine where God is when we pray. The first image I'm going to call the determinist image. Uh, so this is the idea that like God is outside the world and determining all, and we are just pawns on God's chessboard. Uh, I have talked about this view before and been very uh, frankly uh, down on it. Uh, our prayers don't really matter in this world. Uh, God sort of like entertains us like little children, like, oh, the, look at the little human praying. That's so cute. Pray. It doesn't matter. I just determine everything, but pray. That's so cute. And, and you know, and, and God like kind of entertains us like, oh, that's really good. Yeah, you're praying. Well done, little Vince. Uh, but it doesn't mean anything because God just determines everything from outside. Uh, this view would be most associated with um, the Protestant theologian and reformer John Calvin, uh, the very reformed tradition here in America. If you've spent any time in the reformed tradition, um, contemporary uh, speakers, somebody like a John Piper would be a part of this tradition. Uh, I'm going to come down hard on this image. I think it leaves many feeling really like prayer has no purpose, like maybe life has no purpose. Um, it leaves a lot of people questioning like, like, does is God like a good is is God good or is God like a monster? Um, and I kind of feel that same way. So uh, I uh, I don't recommend this picture at all. So we're going to move on from the determinist picture. Uh, there's a second picture that I'll recommend or I'll, that I'll that I'll I'll, I'll offer and uh, and recommend to some degree more so than the determinist picture. And this picture is what I'm going to call the interventionist pictures uh, for uh, where is God when we pray. So this idea is that God is just outside the world. The determinist picture is like God is totally outside the world. Interventionist, God is God is just outside the world. Like there's there's sort of like a thin membrane between God and the universe. And from time to time, God breaks through that membrane in the form of the Holy Spirit to do whatever God wants. Mysteriously, God doesn't always break through, but Often God breaks through. I remember learning um, something called kingdom theology from my time with vineyard churches, uh, and this this idea builds off of the many references that Jesus makes to the kingdom of God or the rule of God, depending on your translation. And sometimes when Jesus was teaching about the kingdom of God, which is one of his favorite topics, Jesus would talk about it as though it's like immediate and present and right here, right now. God would say things like. The kingdom of God is within you, or the kingdom of God is here. But then other times, Jesus would refer to the kingdom of God as though it was like something that wasn't here yet. It was something that was delayed in arriving, or it was something that was off in the future. And the refrain that I was taught 
in vineyard churches uh, is this idea that the kingdom is both now and not yet. And that is meant to help us understand our mixed reality in which sometimes it seems that God intervenes. Sometimes it seems like God might answer a prayer, but other times it doesn't seem like that. And I think this has a lot going for it, this idea that like God is just outside the world and occasionally breaks through. I think it is significantly more nuanced than God determines all. And uh, and so it captures a lot more of the human experience. It captures disappointment, for example. And so I think there's a lot going for this. I would guess that most people in America and in Western cultures today have been taught something like this view of what it means to pray uh, and where God is when you pray. I, I guess that I would guess that most people in our community have absorbed something like this kind of view. And again, it has a lot going for it. However, I wonder if this interventionist view is also what describes the dissatisfying and sort of immobilizing experience I was having in prayer the other morning that I was just describing to you. There's a lot going for this view, but also there are challenges. As as much as it is way better than the God is totally outside the world determining everything from afar, as much as it's better than that, the hard thing about this view is that I sometimes feel like I cannot trust the God behind it. Because it just kind of chalks things up to mystery. Why is it that that thin membrane is sometimes God gets through and intervenes and other times doesn't? I don't know. It's a mystery is sort of the response that we tend to get in these situations. And mystery doesn't always cut it for me. I understand that there's some things that are mysterious, and there are lots of things that I think in, in, in the view that I will recommend to us in a moment that leave things up to mystery. But leaving God's character up to mystery, like why God do you withhold sometimes if you can do anything, if you just can intervene and break through that membrane and do, why, what's your criteria for intervening sometimes and not other times? And why won't you share that criteria with us so we're not so confused? This is a feeling that I hear many people uh, uh, un- unpack and, and express that I myself uh, express a great deal in this interventionist view of, well, if, if there's so much to mystery, God, can you let us in on that? Because it just feels like the, the, the idea that you could intervene at any point and do whatever you want, but don't, causes angst and harm to many. Maybe my you know, anxieties or pressing matters that I'm praying for aren't all that important in the grand scheme of things, but that doesn't necessarily make me feel better, does it? So I wonder if you've ever felt dissatisfied. In, in this way. If I'm right that the interventionist view is what most of us have experienced uh, growing up in America or growing up in the West or being taught about what prayer or, or faith is from a largely uh, American Christian standpoint, I wonder if you have ever felt dissatisfied with that when you pray. Uh, if you had this picture of like God being just outside the world and Maybe, you know, if you've ever seen in the past or heard from somebody else talk about, I don't know, like a a time when they felt like God intervened or like the Holy Spirit came and did something powerful. But no matter how much you pray, it doesn't feel like any intervention is happening for you. I wonder if you have felt that. Or maybe it feels like it happened in the past, but it doesn't happen anymore. I wonder if you've felt that. No matter how much explanation is given, sometimes that just... I don't know, it just doesn't add up. And so important to my personal journey of prayer has been trying to find an alternative 
even to this interventionist picture of where is God when I pray? Obviously, I want to leave behind the determinist view, but I there's there's even pieces of this interventionist view that I wonder if there's more. And so I do want to suggest a third picture that has helped me, and that is a view that I'm going to call partnership. This view focuses on the intimacy with which Jesus referred to the God that he knew. God that was equated with uh, a, a term of endearment for a dad in Jesus's time, Abba. Jesus called God Abba. There's, a, there's an immense closeness and intimacy in that. There is a, a trajectory that we see in the Hebrew scriptures that Jesus found important, the Old Testament that we call it today. And then it continues on in the writers, the, uh, those friends who were closest to Jesus in uh, Jesus's time walking among us. And, they, and what they culminate in in this trajectory is an increasing equating of God with love. It even gets to the point where the uh, Apostle John writes, God is love in the New Testament. There is this equating of God with love, with intimacy, with closeness, with here and, 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 and totally fully here with us intimately. And this is this idea. What the idea behind the view of God as, uh, of where, where is God when we pray? God is partnering with us. It is God is, God is here in fullness all around us in every moment. Like I was mentioning before in that picture from St. Paul, God being the, the all around, not far away from any of us and in whom we live and move and have our being. And God is always luring everything toward good, but never controlling or coercing things toward good. Never controlling or coercing any person, never controlling or coercing anything, because love by definition does not dominate, does not control, does not coerce, because love is equated with God. And therefore, like what that means, if that's the case, if God is not controlling and coercing, but God is everywhere and all around us, always luring us, influencing us toward the good, then our recognition and response in each moment to this God who is always everywhere and present by God's Holy Spirit, our recognition and our responses co-determines what is possible. Our prayers suddenly matter greatly, even more so than in that interventionist view where we could pray and maybe that means something. Maybe God will, God will grab that balloon, but really God could just break through and intervene at any point. Here, our prayers matter immensely because the recognitions and the responses of everyone and everything, it, not just me, but everyone and everything out there, it, it, it accounts for that same mixed reality that we always experience when we say things like the kingdom is now and the kingdom is not yet. It allows for that. But that mixed reality is not the result of some mysterious aspect of God's character. Rather, it's the result of this impossibly complex web of all of us having these invitations to respond to God. And we respond to varying levels of cooperation, right? Like we have the freedom to choose things that are not loving, that are not the goodness that God is calling us to. We even have the freedom to choose things that are evil, that are cruel, that are mean, that are wrong. We have the freedom to choose those things. And so what we are left with is a God God's power is not about like what God could single-handedly do to intervene or break through the membrane and make happen on God's own. Rather, God's power is about a dance between God and the world. 
There's a theologian named Karen Baker Fletcher who uses this idea of the dance. God calling us in to dance. And if we respond to that dance and dance with God, we have the ability to impact the possibilities available to God's power, to change things, to move things. Our prayers matter immensely in a partnership world. But also the pain and genuine cruelty of our world is never just chalked up to mystery. It's never just chalked up to a God who must have allowed it for some mysterious reason. It's real choices by people who have the freedom to cooperate with the partnering God or not cooperate with the partnering God. And so I like this view. I like this view of the dance. God inviting us to respond. Where is God when we pray? God is inviting us to dance. And we can join in. We can, we can continue and, 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 and join in that idea of luring ourselves and our neighbors and our whole world toward good. And we can do this tangibly, like in action. I, li- I like the idea that partnership doesn't mean that there's like this different thing, which is praying and then action. You know, it's not like thoughts and prayers over here and then action over here. They're, they're connected, right? All the movement that the invisible God can do in our world is connected with partnership from people in our tangible world. There's not a di- they're not divorced. They're together. And so we have uh, in, in, our, in our world genuine, you know, like uh, Jesus said that he gives his uh, disciples spiritual authority. The idea that our prayers really matter to open up possibilities for God to move. It's not just, you know, God looking at us like a cute little child. Oh, look at the prayer. Our prayers really matter to open up possibilities for God to move. From this partnership view, I really think that we can affect what is possible. And so I I think uh, in my personal life, as I was sharing before, what prayer looks like is that more compassionate, more courageous inner voice that I hear when I get quiet. It is that thing luring me toward, hey, that cynicism and that those shoulds, they are burying you. But when I get quiet enough, I can hear something else calling me, luring me toward more good so that I can move into action and not be immobilized, so that I can feel that my presence in the world makes a difference and is not just, I don't know, trivial. In my prayers for those I love, like, this sounds like God, like you see so many of the options and the paths ahead for this person I'm praying for. I pray that they would hear your invitations. I pray that they would feel you guiding them and calling to them like it's a relationship. When I pray to a partnering God rather than an intervening God, I notice that my prayers have lots of options in a way that like when I'm praying to an intervening God, it's almost like I can't throw away my shot because it's like God's either got to like intervene and make a big difference or not. But with a partnering God who's here all the time, all around me, there's, there's, there's so many more options. My prayers don't have to be one or, or nothing. And my prayers for the world, this sounds like, like God, pull us toward justice, call to, call to the compassion and the hurt places and the empathetic places in us so that our hearts are no longer hardened and callous, but they're soft and we can, we can respond and we can see the hurt in other people and we can follow you, God, the God who knows what it is like to be hurt and betrayed. You call to our culture and expose our lies. When I pray to a partnering God about my world rather than an intervening God, I notice that my prayers aren't as judgy. I'm like, 
I'm more readily able to see the capacity for good in people because I'm I'm calling constantly for God to like call out to those places, invite those places, get those places to join you in your dance. And so I'm not like looking around just like judging the world and cynical about the world. I'm looking for the good that can be called to in the world. That I think is 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 a huge advantage of praying with this view of where God is when I pray. And then in I I think of the idea that like uh, uh, proponents of this partnership view would say that uh, that when we are praying to God rather than the intervening God, uh, but the partnering God, responsiveness isn't just about like individual people responding, but it's almost as though like larger systems and structures that make up our societies can respond to God, have their own ability to cooperate with or not cooperate with the God who is inviting us to dance. Uh, Saint Paul used the these terms the that our, our our fight in the world is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and principalities were the words that St. Paul uses. And I just I love that. It's almost as though like, you know, like we 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 believe in this. Like in in, in our modern day in uh, in social sciences, we talk about like structural evil. We talk about structural racism or injustice. It's like those things have a will of their own. And when we pray, we can call those structures into the dance that God is inviting us into toward more justice, toward more goodness. And 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 if if we can do that with things that are larger, like that are made up of lots of human beings, what if as we pray for the miraculous, as we pray for healing, what if what if the responsiveness isn't just these larger than human things, but also the smaller than human things that make up who we are, make up the body and the psyche of a human. And so if it's important to you to pray for for healing, to see the miraculous happen with somebody, then we are we can join God in calling for responsiveness from the very cells and processes that make up our bodies, that make up our memories to be healed, to move toward wholeness and health and goodness as God is inviting all things toward goodness and health. God is never withholding. God is never only halfway here or just outside the world intervening some of the time. From this view, God is here all the time, but our prayers really matter to open up the possibilities for God to move, for that dance to play out. We 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 really have a responsibility from the partnership view to join in with God and and see those possibilities expand and open up. So my moral for today, the moral of my story. When you pray, you are not pleading with a God just outside the world who occasionally mysteriously intervenes to make this one of the times that God did the miraculous. I'm not going to recommend that view to us. What I'm going to recommend is that you are joining the God who is already fully here in a dance. When you pray, God is not far away. You don't have to toss balloons up into the air and hope that that God catches it. Hope that this is one of those times that God miraculously intervenes. You are praying to the God who is near you, in whom you have you, you live and move and have your being, who is never withholding from you, never requiring you to beg, and always luring you and all things around you toward good. And we can respond to that God in tangible action, and we can respond to that God join the dance intangibly in prayer. And that makes a difference. So I recommend to us the partnership view of where is God when we pray. I hope that this can increase your confidence and your trust in God, who is never withholding from you. I hope that this can invigorate your prayer life 
uh, for, uh, for, for this week. And I want to look at our chat and just kind of see, I, I saw a, a few things mentioned. So let me, uh, in, 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 uh, in real time here, kind of look at what we've been saying. Yeah. I'm seeing, um, I'm seeing Beth mentioned that the foundations of like, uh, how we, uh, how we, where we view God when we pray, man, they run deep and they are coming from, uh, cultural and like familial voices that have formed us for years. And, uh, and it's, it's hard to believe, uh, maybe even, even, even something like the interventionist view that I've mentioned is it has a lot going for it. And it's, it, maybe it's hard to actually like leave something behind that actually served you for a period of time. I'm remembering when we talked about, uh, leaving behind, uh, th this was over, uh, over the winter and, uh, and, uh, leaving behind things that maybe served us for a period of time, but now we have to let it go and, and be, be kind to that as we let it go and now look to something new. And, uh, and I think that has a lot to do with our view of like, where is God when we pray? The interventionist uh, view of prayers in a lot of ways fed me for many, many years. And now I find myself needing something else to feed me. Yes, I think I I think this uh, uh, I'm seeing from uh, a, a chat from uh, Karen here that the partnership view allows us to um, struggle with things that we've been praying for decades and decades and decades in a way that I think the interventionist view leaves us eventually feeling distraught, eventually feeling despondent. The idea that um, God could act if God wanted to, and God just is choosing not to, can lead many of us to just eventually abandon this. Why am I even doing this? What What is the point? Whereas the partnership view, which acknowledges just how complex our reality is, but God is never withholding from us. We, we never start to feel like the question goes to God's character. We might feel like the question is all around us, like what is going on, what is going on with our country, right? Like I still feel that same thing. Or what is going on with our world? Or why can't we put our resources where it matters and, you know, like try to cure cancer rather than bomb countries across the, the, the world? Like why, why can't we get those things get those priorities straight. We can feel lots of despair and despondency around those things, but it doesn't have to go to our sense of like, God, where are you? God is, is, is deeply with us, feeling those same things, longing for more possibilities to be opened up for God to move. And God is stronger than we are and more resourceful than we are and more creative than we are. So we just continue to respond to that, those invitations to dance. And that can that can move things that can genuinely have an impact and as we try to lure others in that direction lure our larger systems in that direction that is how god can be freed to move more uh, but it is a partnership it is a dance it is not something that we just have to like you know slap our hands together and just say, oh, it's a mystery. God must not want it. I do think God wants it deeply. God wants all of these, 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 these uh, justices to, uh, to, to rain down on our earth. And God wants all of these healings to come to those who are in pain. And, uh, and we, we, are, we are a part of that process. We are not just idly sitting by waiting for mysterious intervention. All right. Ooh, I appreciate these things. These are great. Um, uh, thank you for everybody who joining in on, uh, on the chat and just kind of adding to, to what I'm saying today. Um, I hope that this, that again, that this feels invigorating to the activity of prayer for you uh, as we look ahead to another week.